0: What's going on, guys? Today we are featuring Taylor Lyons on the John Papaloni Show. She is someone who wanted to give back, so she created a, a uh, an organization called Giving Back Canada, and she takes took action during the COVID nineteen pandemic. I'm going to let you talk to Taylor and get her story direct because it's going to be a little bit more accurate than mine. So here we go. We're going to bring her in. Welcome to the show, Taylor.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Always a pleasure. So before we get into your story, I'm going to get into a question that's either going to get people curious or get me booed, depending Mm -hmm. on how you take it. (laughs) Oh, no. I found it interesting. And it's one of those things that everyone asks the question and and that's usually how they create. People create businesses based on this question that I'm going to ask you. But -hmm. because of what you do, this question could sound odd. Okay. It's one Great. word and it's a question. Why?
1: Oh, you should prepare me for this one. <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, um, why I started this. Um, yeah, your I-
0: motivation. Like, what, what, what made yeah. you like? Because we didn't just, you know, we weren't born and all of a sudden, I'm going to do this in 20 years. Something happened, something changed, something sparked that made us yeah. just say, now, now's the time. This is what I want to do. Like, so I what mean- was your why?
1: I wish I knew this a long time ago because I was in university. God knows what I wanted to do. I had tried everything, but so it's nice that I finally found, you know, my purpose, but why I started this, um, growing up, my mom was very heavily involved with shelters and giving back. And I didn't really understand it when I was a kid, but I was always donating or going and volunteering, um, during Christmas. And I kind of think it just resonated as I grew older. I just, always found myself wanting to give back. And I didn't really know why. So I really dedicate a lot of that uh, credit to my mom. But um, I'm actually a very giving person. I feel like it's honestly the best feeling in the world. The reward you get just from seeing people smile and surprising them, it's just something that I do on a daily when it's friends, family, strangers. Um, So that's just what, I just love the act of giving back. And I started this three years ago and um it was just you know christmas time my favorite time of year it was a bunch of um seven of us friends we were on the street thinking let's just do something fun and we um decided to rent this hotel the bond hotel in toronto and we just um got a bunch of food going our parents all made some food i think we had like a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars in tips that we used to go towards the hotel and we thought we were gonna go and feed all these homeless in toronto and um it was a lot of trial and error. We had to actually deliver all the food to them. Not one person came to the hotel. So it was an absolute chaotic night, but it was so worth it. And we just kind of did it every year and then it became what it is today. So yeah, it just started with a a group of us.
0: Nice. Nice. So currently, like, like how how are you guys, how are you structured today? Like, is it really just you or do you have the same people it different people? Like, how, how did you build this up?
1: So we started this again three years ago or 2017 i'd say and it was just a random six or seven of us um all of them are kind of on their own path right now they're always you know readily available whenever i need them but in terms of my team it's been mostly me but i've had about six or seven people from the past two years come on board and they've been extremely helpful and dedicated and we're starting that charity process we hopefully will get charity status soon any month now and we have um, two board of directors and we have a lot of like constant volunteers who are really close friends of mine. So there's about six or seven who are on board 24-7 and we have weekly meetings. So it's really becoming an actual um, a full-time thing for me soon. And it's exciting to see, you know, being able to put more effort and time into it rather than it just being a, you know, something leisurely part-time.
0: Makes sense. It makes total sense. So, yeah, like, I mean, it sounds like this was sort of, in a way, it's almost mm. like this was uh, built for you. It sounds like this was always like your natural uh, environment, for lack of a better description. So, yeah, it
1: definitely. Um, I've Again, I always knew it was something I wanted to do, um, whether it me being on a TV show with like, you know, Giving Back or like, you know, Extreme Makeover Home Edition or any of those where you're surprising people. And um, I've always been inspired by that. So for me to be able to just start a campaign randomly last year and it growing so much without me even like thinking it would become anything was just, it made me realize that I need to make this more than just, you know, part-time or something to do for fun.
0: Makes sense. So Yeah. yeah, look like in a sense, COVID kind of brought up a window for you mm-hmm. to really jump in. Like a lot of people could sort of, you know, take that time and say, oh, COVID's here, stay home and yeah. work on things later. I mm-hmm. mean, I, you know, from what I saw on my own, just from observation,
1: yeah, you
0: took that moment of opportunity to put two feet in, just get right in there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I don't even know what it, what it was in me. It was in May, I remember last year, I was just seeing how many people were like going without food on the table. And I told my friend, I'm like, what if we just like put a campaign out on Instagram? Like I tried to raise $2,000. I'm sure no one's gonna contribute because we're all in a pandemic. We're all struggling, losing our jobs. And then within like 24 hours, we raised 5,000. And I was like, okay, well, that's it. We don't need to raise anymore. Like we're way beyond what we, our goal, like let's just act on it. And then Roman, our, our great friend of ours, he was like, are you kidding? Like, we're gonna keep going. And then he's the one who pushed me to 15,000. And I can't, I think we even surpassed that in in 10 days, we got 1650. And that was my calling. That's when I knew that this is all without getting charity status without tax receding. This is just people who are, you know, going through the toughest times in their lives and willing and wanting to give back. And we have to act on it. And so that's kind of what made me think, you know, I have the power somehow to do this and people are on board. And and then we just kept going. We've been doing more and more ever since.
0: Yeah, that which, which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I noticed on uh, uh, one of your Instagram videos that uh, you ended up getting a large donation, like yes. without mentioning the amount. How did yes. that come about?
1: Okay, so Hunter, shout out to Hunter if he watches this. Um, he reached out to me randomly. It was on our last day of our Christmas event and we had raised um, 16,500 and um we were ready to go we had all the families lined up we were going to help and then on the last day he sent me an instagram dm and he said would you do it all over again and i'm like who is this guy and i was like at this point me and my team we were dead like we had been planning two months prior and then we had like you know instagram and like marketing is a lot especially when you're doing it all on your own and i was posting daily videos you know, creating content and then editing it and posting it within that hour but um so I gave him a call and he was like, yeah, I'd like to match your donation or your sixteen thousand five hundred. And I'm like, pardon me, because we're not a charity. And I'm, I'm like, he probably expects like tax receipt or something. And he's like, no, like, I just want to help grassroots organizations and people who I can tell really care. And long story short, he, his only um, request was that we go twenty four days to so an extra twelve. And um, and that his contributions went to families and kids in need. So that there were toys under the table or under the tree for Christmas. And so we ended up um, going with it, and that's kind. Of, we documented all of it, which you saw. It was, it was, yeah. I'll never forget him. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like that. That was. It was incredible, right? I mean, like, it it, it, it's. I guess it's not something you would expect. You don't just start up something and then all of a sudden, poof, you get a call. Like, like obviously, no. that caught you off guard. And even, even your reaction, it, it showed that you were caught off guard, oh. which is great, though. But it goes to show you the level of humanity that's out there.
1: Oh, I know. And he didn't want any recognition. Obviously, I gave him the recognition, but he didn't want anyone knowing. Um, it was very private and it just came straight from his heart. And even to this day, he asks me when the next event is, and he'd love to come out and help out. And um, there's just really good people out there, and um, yeah, and I can only imagine once we get charity status who we can you know reach out to and how we can help and how much we can help.
0: Yeah, which makes sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, like. What, what are you, like, what are your plans and like, what are we in now? We're almost in summer, right? So (laughs) it's just, you know what, this whole COVID thing, I'm spending days and hours and I mean, it's like, it's like Christmas coming yet. It's like, oh, wait a minute. We're in summer. (laughs) It is coming to
1: be honest. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it's like, yeah, you know, like it's, I mean, I think this has done like this whole pandemic has done a mental thing to everybody in some way or form or like, and like, like now we're about Mm -hmm. to reopen, you know, it's going to be a slow reopen, but it's going to like, we went adjusting from doing our daily tasks Mm
1: -hmm. to this whole
0: lockdown, to this partial lockdown, to back to lockdown. Mm -hmm. And and now we're going to start opening up and going back to normal or somewhat of a normal, but it's like, it's Mm -hmm. almost something like new again. It's been so long. So it's like, what is normal? (laughs) Right.
1: What's normal? I know. And I think it's been so hard on so many people, like mentally, like even myself, I find that I had to just take a step back from social media um, and just take a breather and remind myself, you know, put myself first rather than constantly comparing yourself to like how some people are doing during this pandemic and, you know, with jobs and whatnot. It's a lot. so. Um, I, I uh, kudos to people who are really just taking time for themselves and, um, you know, with the charity, I needed to take some time off too, but like we are right now brainstorming and thinking of, um, you know, ways to give back this summer because there's still people that are struggling and it's not even the people that are really needed. It's even people like us on a daily basis who have it all that are still struggling. So we're trying to come up with a really good game plan for the summer. And then obviously our annual Christmas event. So that's something keeping me going. That's, that's for sure.
0: That makes sense. How do you find like who needs it? Like, like I'm sure it's not your phone's not ringing and saying, "Hey, I saw you online. Um, I'm missing stuff. Can you come over?" Like,
1: <laughs> we, do, we do get that. I don't know how they get my phone number, but I've definitely got <laughs> calls from them, and I was like, "Who is this?" Um, but what we do is we partner with the Good Neighbor Project. They're in Brampton, okay. And, um, they're like a volunteer, uh, sorry, voluntary um delivery network. I guess you could say they help. They have like on ground support. Um, for vulnerable families in, in Brampton, uh, greater Toronto area. And so they're great. They, um, one of the coordinators speaks with me on a daily basis and she coordinates a ton of families that are in need. And then depending on how many, um, you know, donations we get and funds we raise, we can kind of support as many families as possible. And yeah, there's always families. Um, she gets calls daily. They're like a hotline service. So they are always in need. So even if it's not our charity, I always recommend other organizations who need families. They do thorough background checks. You know for sure the money's going in the right hands. Um, she's great. They're all great. And all the families I've met, like I to this day, I'll text them. I keep in touch. They're genuine people who are really struggling, and it's just nice to be able to help them more than just a one-time thing. It's like monthly and almost yearly now, and they know who we are. So yeah, we're just—we really want to expand our network and be able to help more than just the families we have helped so far. But they've become like family, so it's—it's it's more than just giving and a one-time donation. It's—it's it's nice to to have that relationship with them.
0: Makes sense. Like, how did you come across the organization? Like, I mean, like, did you just look for them? Did they find you?
1: No, I. This, so last May, I was like in a crisis, saying like we have to like help people. And then I went online. I was looking at all these. Hotlines in Toronto and um, Brampton area, and they were the the only ones who got back to me. I guess they didn't think I was serious enough. Everyone else, and um, that I wasn't able to raise funds to help the families. And then when I told them that we had, you know, sixteen thousand dollars, they were like, "What?" Um, so yeah, that's how I got a hold of them. I just through Google, um, but they're all over Facebook. They have a huge Facebook page. Um, anyone can uh, uh, request to join, and then if you are in need you can always request to join. And then if you want to be a volunteer who delivers groceries, you can also do that. So I'm on there too. Whenever I have free time during the summer, I will go and um, you can always deliver if you, if you want. And it's free delivery, free groceries. And um, yeah, we partner with them. So the funds go straight into our charity account. And then we would um, call them, whichever family is in need, get their grocery list and then deliver on the date at their home. And we document all of it so that the donors can see on Instagram.
0: Nice. So I'm sure you had challenges, right? Like, I mean, already when you were, your story there showed that there was some challenges because you had to find somebody, right? And you had uh, some challenges. So what was your biggest challenge?
1: Biggest challenge? Um, Well, when we first started a couple of years ago, I thought, again, everything would just happen so smoothly. I thought when you have volunteers come out that they all would, you know, get there on time. Um, You you give people certain chores to do responsibilities. Sometimes they aren't fulfilled. Um, You have to always make sure that when you're speaking to a family or say someone who's homeless, you're not always going to get this. Oh, my God. Thank you. Kind of reaction. Uh, You have to be mindful that you're doing this for the right reasons. And they may be under the influence or going through something. And it's not always this. Oh, thank you so much. Kind of experience, you know so a lot of the volunteers have feedback like that like i didn't feel appreciated um but you just have to be mindful that you're doing the right thing so that was one of the big um, yeah i guess issues with volunteers in terms of coordinating and logistics um again just locations um permits a lot of things you got to think about um, and now with covid i guess restrictions again not knowing you know permits and the fines that are happening, what we can do right now, virtual or in person. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that you can't really share. And on Instagram, it's just got to be all smiles, but, um, you figure it out. Like along the way you, if something goes wrong, there's always a volunteer or the board of directors. There's all so many ideas coming at you that no matter what you figure it out.
0: Have you ever had uh, like a mindset, like, have you ever been in the mindset where like, Oh, uh, you know, things are getting rough. I'm not sure. If, if I'm going to make it,
1: make it in, in which like, sense
0: as in, you know, like you get started, you, you hit a roadblock. Mm-hmm. Have you ever hit like that roadblock where you don't think you're going to break through? Like you get your
1: Um, In terms of um, like raising funds and whatnot, some at people ask me that too, especially people who want to start an organization themselves. They're like, I don't know how to start um there's me days where i was you know assuming we'd raise ten thousand in a day because we were on such a high and then nobody's really budging right and you just got to think of again for example i decided to go from instagram and facebook fundraising to paypal where we had a direct link i thought it was more professional you know was our second time around but people really loved that you know that goal thermometer on facebook and to see that competition and to see how many more days left And it was just that adrenaline rush. So we actually lost four days of donations where we got maybe two donations. But as soon as we went back to Facebook, it was like, we hit that goal automatically. So those are just things that you learn as you go. And, you know, Roman was a huge part of that. And he was like, damn, like we screwed up, but you learn as you go. And now I'll never make that mistake again. But in terms of roadblocks, um, no, I'm very positive. And um, I always tell myself, it's gonna, what it's meant to be will be. So yeah, that's positivity and you're doing something for a good cause. So at the end of the day, if you raise 5,000, that's $5,000. You didn't have to begin with, you know,
0: that's a very good point. So what was What would you say was your biggest win?
1: Well, besides Hunter donating that or matching our donations, that was my biggest win. Um, I would say the, the community that we built, That is my biggest um, accomplishment. For I don't know what I've done um, to receive such amazing feedback, but people even to this day are like, "So what's next?" You know, and to see me like just have one like simple idea, and I just like made a little campaign um, called Meals on Us, and I put it on like a little Bristol board from the dollar store, and I took a picture in front of my house, and I just said, "I want to raise two thousand dollars." And my family was like, "What are you doing? Like it's a pandemic. Like you're stupid." Well, she'll get mad at me when I say that, but just thinking like, why are you putting pressure on people to donate? Right. Um, And then it just became something to the point where now people see me as this charity, you know, leader. Um, So that's my biggest win. And just seeing how everyone knows me for the founder of getting back Canada and them being so eager for like our next event and constantly checking my page, constantly asking what, you know, how they can help. Yeah, I'd say that's that's probably my biggest one.
0: Awesome! So you even made it on TV twice, if I'm not wrong.
1: Okay, that's another big one. Actually, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so we actually have a um, connection from CTV, and at um, the first time, I actually was lucky enough to get on TV. Um, And we spoke about the Meals on Us campaign. That was really cool. And then I kept in contact with him and I said, hey, can we, you know, for our December campaign, do you mind if we reached out before the campaign's over to raise those extra funds? And he was nice enough um, to get us in there. So he's a great help. And um, it's always nice to just get, you know, the extra footage, especially for content. And, um, yeah, hopefully when we raise more money with charity status and we can get on TV once again, it will just continue to grow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. It was like, I did not expect to see it.
1: And then no, me either. Like, I'm
0: like, oh, there it is. It's like, wow. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. Was,
1: I was so nervous. I'm like, mom, what do I say? And she's like, just t- be be truthful. I'm like, "But well, I'm on TV. <laughs> yeah, it was, true. it was great.
0: Yeah, I, I see you're, uh, you have your grandpa on your uh, content a lot too.
1: Oh, he is the sole reason why I think it's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, here you are. Like, he seems very supportive of you.
1: Yeah, well, I do like force him to do those videos with me,
0: (laughs) but it doesn't look like you force him. It looks like he's right into it, you know? Yeah,
1: no, but he'll be like the next day, How many views did it get? And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) you do like this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's great.
1: Yeah, he's great.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it's you don't see that every day, right? Like, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's
1: 94, and I still make him dance and dress up in onesies and you got to do it for the content, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. 94. I would have never guessed that.
1: Yeah. No, 94. He just turned 94 this year.
0: Awesome. That's good for him.
1: Yeah. No, I know. He's kicking, he's killing it. He's waiting for the casino to open. He's still, <laughs> he's still driving.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Like, man, I guess, you know, I haven't been to the casino in forever either. Not that I go that often anymore, yeah. should I say? but <laughs>
1: I lose every single time, so I don't mind that it's closed this long, but he's having an attack panic attacks <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah I, I go through streaks as well like I um it's one of those things that I'm actually pretty good at it. oh yeah um, oh yeah, I win quite a bit like we used to have a little uh we used to have fun with it. I mean a couple of friends of mine. We would go yeah. there for the uh, food yeah right, so we tabulate um, we all went there we like for example, we'll take uh, woodbine. We would oh, yeah. the food, we'd eat, mm-hmm. we'd pay all pitch in the, to uh to buy, like to mm-hmm. pay for the food, we'd pay for our food, and then we all took twenty dollars each from our pocket. Oh, yeah. well, because I was good at this, yeah. they would give me the 20 bucks and I would play cards when I uh-huh. won back the money from the uh food, yeah, cash out and leave. So, like what like the rule is there's like four of us, so it's 20 bucks each. So mm-hmm. for every 20 bucks represented a meal, so I used the 20 bucks. If I lost it, that person, uh, you know, that was, that was good, bad. And we kept going. Uh, but usually I almost won. I would win enough for three out of the four that it would cover even the fourth person's meal.
1: My God. Well, so we ended
0: up going out for free. I went, we went there like that for like two months straight.
1: <laughs> did you play, um, were you on roulette or blackjack? What I played you-
0: blackjack. And um, especially Niagara, Niagara, where it's the real cards, not the uh, computer.
1: Yeah. That's oh, the best boy. False deal,
0: or yeah. I, I play both yeah. <laughs> right actually. I was pretty good at it to be honest. I remember one night I was just going so well, they kept switching dealers, they kept doing all these things, and I just, I just kept winning. Keep winning, go is that because I'm unemotional with it,
1: yeah, true.
0: But here's my fault, and this is where they nail me. And in every single time, what happens is you get just say I'm at fifteen hundred dollars, one, and yeah. okay. I'm gonna get to two thousand and I'm going to uh quit, call it a day. Yeah. What ended up happening is that I get bored. So I don't want to play the 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there, 25 bucks. I want to just, let me play the 500 bucks. i yeah. win the hand. Limit. Let's get out of here. I play the 500 bucks. And what do you think happened? You win. I lost. <laughs> so now I'm angry. Once you get well, me. You angry, more. Yes. Once I'm angry, goodbye, God. Now I got to win it back. And I started no. off up $1,500 and I leave down 2,000. Yeah, so it was pretty bad, but I'm angry. And once I get angry, I was lost. <laughs>
1: and then you don't come back for a year, and they're wondering where you went. <laughs> yeah,
0: for real. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and I remember, because at one point in time, I got so used to going. I mm-hmm. went to do a delivery, and I went yeah. to do a delivery to a customer. And mm-hmm. he always used to pay cash. Now, there's one particular time I said, you know, pay me by check. Because he lived there. Mm-hmm. He like the uh, the. He It was a restaurant, but the restaurant was across the street from the casino.
1: So I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no,
0: you got to pay me by check, right? No. So he shows up. He goes, I don't know where the checks are. Here's the cash. I'm like, what are you doing to me? You know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And I decided one day I went there. I went yeah. there with that money. I, I tripled the money. Sounds oh. great, right? Yeah, so that's great. ordered again. Oh, no. I went back. Again, it paid me by cash. Went to the casino. All the money I won the week before, I put it right back or two weeks before, put it right back. And that was the last time I ever went. But I was like, I'm like, how many times you got to hit get hit in the head before you learn?
1: <laughs> no, I know. Well, me, the first time I got hit in the head, I learned and I never went back. So, yeah, <laughs> so it, it takes a special person to, especially if you're like there all day long. I don't know how people do it.
0: Oh, like seven, eight know.
1: hours. Is that what you were like?
0: Oh no no no! Let's be clear. Or
1: you were just like a one. T- I was
0: plus or minus two to five thousand bucks within yeah. fifteen minutes.
1: Oh my god! So it wasn't a lot. It was a short. Oh yeah!
0: And no, no, not at all. It was just like that. So my friends would want to play. Let's go here. Let's go there. I go. I'm out. If I'm out, I'll empty my bank account. If I stay here, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's like before I lose everything, I'm out of here.
1: <laughs> oh. Okay. So when things open again, that's where we're going.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to if you want to go there for fifteen minutes, great idea. <laughs>
1: I'll do on the day that you win, though. Okay, so let me know when it's a good day.
0: <laughs> okay, well, if we play real cards, you know what it is. We'll, we'll play poker, not yeah. poker, blackjack. A couple of days before.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And we'll just keep playing. Yeah. And then that's way I get into the rhythm. When I'm in the rhythm, I'll probably win. The okay. advantage I have is I remember, so I know there's three <laughs> decks in there, so I know there's twelve aces, twelve or whatever. Mm-hmm. So as I watch a couple of rounds, I remember what came out.
1: Yeah. Well, so I know
0: the probability based on that. So I know how, when to gamble.
1: Okay. Well, and I, that's,
0: been my, that's been one of my uh, why it's been so easy. Yeah. Like, it was like that even when I played cards with my dad. We didn't play blackjack or whatever. We played the Italian cards. it would be oh. uh, four of us, right? And it wasn't for money. It was just the play. Yeah. So four of us. So usually it usually was me, my uh, dad, my uncle, and my aunt. And my uncle is ju- very competitive. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time I, uh, we were down to the last little bit and yeah. I played a card and he looked at that and he flipped out on me. He go, you know, basically saying you you're going to you just cost the game. I go, no, I didn't.
1: Yeah.
0: And he goes, yeah, you cost the game. You don't play that. You know that other ones out there. I go, yeah, but you don't have it. She doesn't have it. He has it. Yeah. And, then, and he's looking at me he goes, you don't know that? I go, no yeah. problem. Play the cards. Right? Well, I'll go play the cards. I was right. The other person had it. Right? And it's because the probability. Because exactly. You watch how people play.
1: Mm-hmm. And if,
0: for example, if they're looking for a two and you see their face light up on two, you know they're the ones that had the two.
1: Exactly. i watched
0: enough to see who lit up at what numbers. The only person who didn't light up to any of the cards was the, the fourth person. So I know the one that needed it is on the, is the fourth person.
1: See, but a lot of people don't know the, like the background of it all and how to really, you know, figure it out. So they're just thinking you don't know what you're doing. You're taking risks. But meanwhile, you're playing it strategically.
0: Right. And it's because I remember... Now, my uncle, I'm talking about remembered, too. And to be honest, his memory was even a little better than mine. But, yeah, so he won. Like, when he played against other people, he won more often than others. Yeah, But I had a good chance because I remembered quite a bit, too.
1: (laughs) So you're going to have to teach me because I do not know all those tricks. Yeah. No, I don't.
0: Yeah. It's fun as long as you – you know what? That's the other thing. From back then, where I got Mm -hmm. a little obsessive with it, and now – Now I see it as entertainment. It's for fun. I go in with my budget and that's that. You know what I mean? Like if I want to go play and I want to play with a hundred bucks, that's Mm -hmm. all I'm going to play. It runs out, out the door. See ya.
1: See, if you can do that, if you have self-control and you're not going to take more money out, then that's okay. It's when it becomes like a, this one guy that I went with, he ended up like spending seven K and then he would just give me a hundred to sit beside him and just play for company. And he would be like my, my mom and my wife have no idea that I'm here. I've lost my boat. My and I'm now Ooh. I'm on my car. It gets like bad.
0: Yeah, it's so true, so true, so dangerous. But really? yeah, like it is what it is. But at least you know if you know your it's like you said if you know your uh, limits. I learned that, that like that time where I lost all my uh, print income.
1: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: like I, I like I went there, and that was my whole income. And I went it right into the casino.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just said I'm done. Enough is enough. Yeah. So I, I took a break, and that was it. But now, uh, you know, now, now whenever I play, I usually play without money and it's just for fun. Yeah. So that's
1: what I do. I just go and have a couple of drinks while they all lose their money. Yeah, <laughs> Don't exactly. have on the podcast. <laughs>
0: hey, the yeah. best part is the fact that you go to a casino.
1: Yeah. Your drinks are free. Where? Not my casino. You're kidding. No.
0: Oh, wow. I've never paid for a drink.
1: Maybe you could, do you have like that gold member or something that membership card
0: no they offered it to me and i refused it
1: that's weird how did you get free drinks
0: see uh i don't know maybe because i was playing <laughs> a lot right but yeah i know when they offered me the card that's a funny story too
1: yeah
0: they offered me the yeah. card but first when i went there i went there with a friend of mine yeah and i was just playing natural small money right mm-hmm. but my friend it was the first time at the table and he was going through something mentally and um he put in a couple hundred bucks. He won. He left it on the table. Couple, you know, again, he won. Now he got to a thousand bucks, and he's like, "I just want to keep it going. I'm not here to win." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Yeah, I'm not here to win. I'm here to play, right? Like whatever." He goes, "I don't care. I just want to see what happens." I'm like, go. What are you nuts? I go. We can go out and spend that money on other stuff and have more yeah. fun than this. What are you doing, right? Exactly. You're up. Take your. I go. If you want to put money, at least take away half. Put it in your pocket. You're up three hundred bucks from the two hundred you started." And you play with mm-hmm. the other five hundred. No, I'm here. Yeah. To, I'm here to lose. Okay. So, and I kept seeing how he's playing, and they got to the point. That they said, "You can't play more than a thousand dollars a hand. You're at two thousand now. Yeah, thousand is your maximum." He goes, "Okay." He took it. He played two hands. So, <laughs> I'm kind of, what are you doing? So, anyways, I got so many, so much attention. I mean, yeah, that everyone started coming around to look at him. You know, the managers. They they started. That's when they started switching whatever. And then, then some guy comes up. You want a card? You want a card? You got to get this card. So I'm looking at Kong and I'm like, he's not, I don't know what this card is. I don't know. What do I want? What am I going to do with it? Right. He goes, Oh, you got free valet. You got all this stuff. Right. And he's yeah. like, okay, I'll take it. Right. So I started, like, I go, Hey, Hey, what's that about? What is this? Right. Mm-hmm. They, wouldn't, they were ignoring me. Like now they wouldn't even answer me. But meanwhile, at the end of it, he lost all the money. I won and I left. Right. Like I stopped playing because I was up.
1: Right. Yeah. But yeah.
0: he kept like this, but they wouldn't answer me. So the next week I'm in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I was playing. Um, that the the following week was the week that I told you where they kept sw- switching dealers. They even had somebody that worked there to play against us to screw up the hand, like as if I wasn't gonna know. Really? Oh yeah, I figured it out, and I was getting emotional about it. Oh yeah, like you can't prove it, but I mean, it's no. one of those things that you know there's one ten left, and more than likely the dealer is gonna get it. So we all have numbers that are gonna make us win. So all mm-hmm. you have to do is just say I'm good stand right and that dealer is going to get 10 at the 10 and he's going to go over and he loses right Mm -hmm. we're all saying it to him Everybody at the table says you don't take don't take i want a card i got the choice to make the card you can't tell me when to take right like and i'm sitting there going okay one time maybe you're a moron yeah right but it was one of those things that he kept when he should take he would would not take when he shouldn't take he would and he did the polar opposite of all of us Mm -hmm. So I'm going, this is on purpose.
1: Yeah, you In know. No way, yeah. no
0: way some guy's going to be that stupid and constantly do the opposite of us. No. He lost either way. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, you came there with little money, and you're losing it all, and you don't care. Why? It's not your money. It's the casinos. That's exactly. why. Right? So I'm able to put that together. But anyways, so I'm going through this, and I'm pissed off, right? But not yeah. pissed off where I'm losing. I'm still ahead. Yeah. So I started playing the opposite to counter him, right? I was able to compensate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so what ended up happening is I'm playing and now these guys come up same thing multiple dealers whatever like they even got, got a new set of cards right because they couldn't figure it out and so anyways what ended up happening is the guy comes around oh do you want the card the same thing mm-hmm. that poor kid because mm-hmm. uh, they were expecting me to say yes or no whatever yeah but I hold on to the anger so, so what right. happened the week before when they wouldn't tell me what it was I turned to them and I said no nah. I go, don't not bother me. Mm-hmm. I go, last week I asked you guys what this was, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't even answer me. Not even a screw off. You know what yeah. I mean? So I go, no what? Don't bother me. Don't know. Don't care. Not interested. Get mm-hmm. out of here. And I took to him like that. Wow. Right? So then the guy didn't know what to say, right? So he left. Like... And then my friend's tugging at me. He goes, we better go. I go, Why? He goes, you're winning so much, you're starting to think something's wrong. That's why they keep switching dealers and cards. He goes, Mm -hmm. you got attention, and that's why those guys are coming around. It's just a matter of time before they're going to accuse you of something. He goes, but I'm not cheating. He goes, I know that. You know that. But they're not going to believe somebody could be that lucky. Mm -hmm. Right? So I said, okay. I called it a day, and I left. Good. So, but, uh, yeah, that was the the one time I was up the most.
1: And how much, if you don't mind me, was it a lot, lot?
0: I could have bought a car. Oh,
1: okay. That's <laughs> a- yeah, like, I've never
0: won that much before, but grand. that did. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, like, it's
1: definitely more than like a couple grand if you're
0: getting like, a yeah. question. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that caught a lot of attention. But I, And I don't know, to be honest, that was pure luck. I've never mm-hmm. won like that. Like usually right. it's mostly like I told you before. I get to that 1500 I got to get to the 2000 Yeah. Then I'll either win it and I'm done, I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. Or I'll lose it, I get angry, and then I lose everything.
1: Yeah, no, I know and what
0: you So, you're so that, was, that was a pretty interesting uh, casino story. <laughs>
1: yeah. I wish I had a casino story like that for you. <laughs> but when you go next, you better tell me.
0: 100%. <laughs> I, I will come. Awesome. Looking forward to it. That so question for you. Where do you live? Because I mean, you you joined the, that organization, or you're working with the organization in Brampton. You said yes. they do all over the GTA, but you chose Brampton for a reason. Or was that because the person answered it first?
1: It's uh, because the person replied and it happened to be in Brampton. But I do live in Mississauga, um, Etobicoke yeah,
0: area. Which where, yeah. area?
1: Uh, it's like Mississauga, Etobicoke. I'm right on the border. So I just say Mississauga. But um, I wanted to like, cater to all the families in GTA. Right. So whether it's Toronto, Scarborough, um, we did Brampton, Mississauga, Etobicoke, we, North York. Like, as far out, wherever the families were, um, we would we would help them. And we had deliverers from all over helping out. We did tons of them all summer long and Christmas as well. It was crazy busy. But it's nice. You meet so many new people, right?
0: Well, that's the thing, right? It's always being uh, – it's it's networking. I mean, that's really key. Oh, right? For like, sure. I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but I've heard this term many times. Your mm-hmm. network equates to your net worth.
1: That is so true because I had never used LinkedIn in my life prior to this kind of pandemic and the connections I've made um, through like future donors, corporate donors, just people helping me getting charity status, how to you know, go with my through my bylaws, things I never knew. It was like either I take a course and learn how to do all these things or I just reach out to people and doing Zoom calls with them and getting their feedback and paying them for their time or whatnot. And it's all through LinkedIn and networking and the job I have now is through LinkedIn. Like in general, it's networking is definitely, I agree with you. That is completely true.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like all but one job that I've had in the past all came from uh because somebody that worked there referred me or some form, sometimes they don't even work there. They referred me because somebody asked.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have even met you if it weren't for Roman and then reaching out to you or you reaching out to me and, you know, taking chances, you know, getting on podcasts like this or and who knows, who knows who will see you on, on my Giving Back Canada page, if this is ever posted, and who may see me on your podcast. Like, you know, it's great. That's
0: true. Great. That's true. You're right there. And that's um, – I do have a question that I'm going to ask you when we're not online. Yeah. It's something that's been killing me, but I've been hesitant on asking it.
1: Okay. It, it's
0: nothing it, – it's just <sighs> – It's one of those, (laughs) it's one of those things I'm trying not to say it, but kind of give the clue of what it is. Right. So so. I
1: don't know. I don't know. I'm not getting clues.
0: (laughs) Oh man. It's, uh, I'll ask you after, but it's a curiosity thing. That's all.
1: Yeah. No problem.
0: But, uh, yeah. Like, so, okay. Yeah. So you're trying to get charity status. Yes. How's that going?
1: It's going. Um, so we, we actually had a bit of issues. We tried to submit it about six months ago or maybe longer, but we did through mail. And um, after speaking to a nonprofit lawyer, she said, you know, it's best for, I guess anyone listening who is trying to start up a charity too, to do it um, online. It's much easier, it's much more, it's much quicker. And it often gets lost in the mail apparently when you're doing it um, physically in the mail. And I didn't know that, or else I would have easily tried to do it six months ago online. And so the uh, board of directors, you know, one of them actually submitted it a while ago. We were wondering, we're like, when is this happening? They kept saying like any minute now. And we wanted it for Christmas, especially because we wanted to reach out to like banks and, you know, large corporations. And then we called them, should have called them a lot sooner. And they said, we don't have any, you know, submission from you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So we ended up having to just recently, about six months ago, not even uh, resubmitting it online. So we're just waiting at this point. But regardless, we're going to be partnering with a charity if we can't get charity status on our own. Um, but I'm not worried because people, like, look at the success we did, even as a nonprofit, but it would just be nice, you know, having your own business number and, and whatnot, instant tax receipts, things like that. But soon, very soon.
0: What has it been costing so far? Like, is it expensive to do it? Is, it, uh, is there stages?
1: Yeah, there's definitely, um, there's overhead, there's a lot of operational fees. Um, We don't use more than like 3% or so on operational. Um, I don't get paid for any of it um, yet. Hopefully I can, you know, once we get registered, um, we can actually make a salary or I can so that I can put my all into this and make this a full-time career rather than just doing part-time. Not that I want to make money from it, but I feel like when I put my all, I can also raise more and then help more people. So it's bittersweet. You know, you kind of there's a win win in that sense. Um, There's definitely operational fees like, you know, when you get the U-Hauls going, um, permits, um, catering with food and whatnot, things that aren't being donated, um, paying videographers, um, editors. We don't have a marketing specialist yet. It's all kind of me. But eventually it does cost a lot Um, in terms of registering. Um, bylaws cost a lot. We did do our own charity proposal, but if you want like a nonprofit lawyer to do that, that costs thousands. So it's a lot, a lot of things you don't know until you're actually in it. Um, but we do have to keep the operational fees below a certain percent. Um, especially when the donors are donating, they don't want the money going to you or to operational. They want it straight going to the families.
0: Kind of makes sense because yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, it it kind of makes sense. It's a mindset thing again. Mm-hmm. reality is that i think what happens is when people donate they forget you got to eat too so when they yeah. think i'm giving away uh money because i want to help you to you know just say 10 families
1: mm-hmm. they, yeah. they looked
0: at that and says oh i want my money to go to the 10 families
1: mm-hmm.
0: how exactly. you get it there nobody processes that no right and so- they
1: bigger too you know the the fees are greater right you're gonna need more u-hauls it's gonna be and when you get venues and hosting events for these people, like that's, those are costly as well. Right. And yeah, some people do question, like, do you make money from this? And I genuinely don't right now. Um, but eventually if it does become my full time, you know, I let people know that I would be, but that's also because I'm putting my like absolute all into it and I don't do anything but this. So I need to be living off something in order to, you know, make something out of it.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. which Which is true. So. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say, like, you mentioned permits a lot, right? And Mm -hmm. and I just, actually, again, from from my own ignorance and lack of education. Yeah. I would have never thought you would need permits.
1: No, me either. Um, But I actually, you know, recently, again, through networking, I contacted this um, girl from... I don't know if you've heard of Homes First Society, they're a um, homeless shelter, family shelter in Toronto. We helped them for with uh, our donations this Christmas and she's an amazing fundraiser and she would put on all these events and she was telling me, especially for COVID now, you're gonna be needing permits if you even want to go for the like, virtual um, walkathon. if you wanna do any type of kind of like a, you know, an outdoor sporting event, you would need to get permits even to be running down a trail, even if it's just you and someone participating in an event. Um, you would have to like book off that time and get a permit for that just simple, that hiking trail. Um, And again, if I was in Toronto a couple of years ago or even last Christmas doing that homeless, um, you know, catering to the homeless and giving food and clothing, we were um, at Moss park and a couple other parks can't remember the names and we needed um, permits that we didn't even know about just to be standing there and having your little sign. And, you know, you can just say I'm walking by handing out food, but, it's not enough, especially in Toronto. So again, I still don't know the full extent of the permits, but I have to go through a lot of, you know, the people I know and there's a lot behind the scenes that I don't even know about.
0: I get it. It's just one of those things you would never think of it. Cause you yeah. know I was sort of like, I want to do something nice for somebody. <laughs> you need <Yeah>. permission. What? <laughs> you know, like it's, I know it's weird. Yeah.
1: It's, and I don't know if you've heard of the, uh, the gentleman who uh, was building homeless shelters, um, in toronto for all the homeless i don't know if you remember that he's actually he's i believe he's still doing it and they tore them all down you're he, was making, he was making them out of wood he was building like actual huts it was on the news and um because he was doing it in a certain area first of all they didn't allow it and second of all the permits he had nothing no permits or anything so it's very very strict you definitely got to know all the policies and rules especially in the city that you're doing it in um but again i i I have people that kind of work on that part while I do more of the, the social media being the face. Cause it's a lot. It's a lot of work.
0: True. So you're learning delegation. Yes. Is yeah. that easy so, for yeah. Pardon. Is it easy for you to delegate or do you, are, are you the type that likes to
1: yeah. hold on to control? Um, I prefer delegating, but if I'm, if I'm saying I'm organized, I wouldn't necessarily say, say that I am. I'm very much like yeah do whatever you want like we're just doing good out here like if you want to do this do that but then it gets to a point where I um, I have friends that like put me in line and they're like no Tay like you need to do this by this time because it would get too much and people would be standing there clueless and um, but you have different people for different things and I think like you can't be great at everything um, I have expertise and so do all the people on my team and that's why they're there but um, I definitely have people in, on my team that are that keep me in line and that organize everything because I'm kind of just that happy-go-lucky. You know? <laughs> I don't see the, the extent of what it can turn into if I don't really organize properly, especially for events.
0: Makes sense. So what is your number one strength then?
1: I'm a people's person. I think um, I, I've never thought of myself as a leader, but I think because I'm so passionate of what I'm doing that I automatically just people gravitate towards it. Um, and I think my positivity, I think that's, um, it's like very, I'm very enthusiastic. I always see the the good and everything and people really gravitate towards that. So I think just getting people on board and joining something in my movements is my strength just because of, you know, how much I believe in it. I think that would be my, my number one strength.
0: That makes sense. I will actually say a lot of like, based on what you just described in a a sense and watching you know, what you've been doing and stuff. I think what makes you the key leader here is your uh, ability, like with empathy. You can be very empathetic with with what's going on and very sensitive to other people's, you know, needs. Yeah. So, and I think that's a very, very strong strength in today's world.
1: I agree. And I feel like a lot of people are realizing that in the pandemic and rather than straying away from understanding, we're more seeing all the things that we do have that we're fortunate in having. Um, and I think that's why so many people have contributed and wanted to help out. And I think as much as it's been a curse and like it's been the worst times of my life and many people, it's also a blessing. And a lot of people have found their way or found, you know, empathy. Um and they're yeah, they're realizing that they're still good in this world and there's still room to be to do good in this world because there's a lot of people who are selfish out there, but we've seen a definitely um some the opposite with our with
0: our events absolutely well i think everybody has a selfishness to them definitely but it's more of being aware of it and Mm -hmm. being in control of it so that you can have the ability to go beyond yourself Mm -hmm. right so i mean it goes back to what you said if you're if you can't feed yourself Mm -hmm. how are you going to feed other people
1: yeah exactly
0: right so yeah yeah go ahead
1: no, I remember you, when I met you or you reached out to me, you had said that one of your your friends or a recent partner of yours was actually homeless at one point and you like looked beyond, I think she was in a homeless shelter. And, yeah. and I just shook you and you're like, this is why I wanna help out so bad because as much as I have everything, it, sometimes it takes like someone close to home or even yourself to go through something that you're like, damn, like, you know, it, things can change so quickly.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like it's, and you know, like I lack sometimes I lack a realization of my environment, or at least I did growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up in a different environment. Like, I mean, for a lack of description, I grew up, uh, you know, pretty well off. I mean, not mm-hmm. well off, or have got billions of dollars and I can buy a yeah. jet. But I mean, well mm-hmm. off is, not I never woke up wondering whether I was going to have food on the table. I never woke up mm-hmm. wondering whether I was going to sleep in my car. Or sleep mm-hmm. in the house, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I was never want, I never even wondered if I was gonna have a car, whether mm-hmm. it worked or not. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but growing up, you don't think of it that way. Like, oh no, you don't even realize it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And so just
1: given to you, yeah.
0: yeah. But I, I, I grew up, you know, with the struggles I had,
1: mm-hmm.
0: felt like I was choking. Meanwhile, I was miles ahead.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Right, it's, it's it's like you said when something happens and it shakes you, mm-hmm. then you really realize and go, "Oh, never would have thought that." Didn't think that was possible.
1: I know. Well, for me, growing up, like I, I wouldn't say I was spoiled, but I'm an only child. I had got everything that I needed and I pretty much wanted. Um, Middle class family. I'm not crazy well off, but I did get everything I wanted and you think that somebody who's been through it all and experienced it would be the person to maybe start something like this because you've been there, you've done that, you know what it's like to be at rock bottom. Um, So for me, sometimes I'm like, why am I so empathetic? And what's gravitating me towards wanting to help out so badly because I've never been there. I've never been homeless. I've always had everything I needed. So sometimes I'm like, what is it? But for, since I've been little, like watching even Um, X factor or shows that are like so inspiring and seeing people with nothing make it. And like other shows, like, again, like I mentioned extreme makeover home edition, like I would just bawl my eyes out seeing them finally get what they want or being able to pay for medical bills or building a house that burnt down. And I don't, I still don't know why I'm so empathetic, but it's just that feeling you get helping people that really um, has moved me. And so I'm thankful that I haven't grown up being this stuck up individual who's had it all, even though I've had everything I needed, you know?
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. I get that. Um, Now, let me ask you, how did you choose who you're, like, there's so many things you could have gotten involved with, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of the, like, I mean, a lot of the stuff you're involved with is is basically around food and homelessness, right? But again, like you said, there's shelters, there's ones for abused women. There's Mm -hmm. a one, you know what I mean? There's so many options out there. Mm -hmm. How did you choose the food part?
1: Yeah, good question. So it's interesting to see because um, everyone's kind of learning and growing and evolving as we as we do, because we're such a new nonprofit, soon to be charity. And um, to be honest, it started off with food insecurity and the homeless. And then with the pandemic, it was just something like our niche was catered to whatever is in need. And at that point, it was food insecurity and basic necessities because of these families lacking all of everything uh, during COVID and during these struggling times. So it just developed and became without even me like realizing the the niche of food insecurity. Um, obviously, I'm very passionate about helping people, and there's you know I love children, I love seniors, and I still don't know if food insecurity is the path we're going to take for the rest of you know duration of time. But Giving Back Canada is a very broad name. And I made it, made it that way because I'm more I'm someone who wants to help just anyone, whether it's families or individual, individuals in crisis, whether it's, you know, again, speaking in future terms, five years from now, I would like to represent our country and make turn this into an international organization where we're re- representing Canada and taking on, you know, crises, whether it's families or bigger projects all around the world. Um and make and you know preparing these people for a better tomorrow. Um, right now, because of COVID, everyone's seeing this as food insecurity. And by all means, we will continue to do this until we grow a loyal following and we grow. But I do want to one day eventually grow not just food security, but helping those in crisis situations, whether that's bigger situations, smaller projects, families. So again, people are kind of following us as we go, and they'll see the evolution too.
0: Makes sense. So, mm-hmm. on a personal level, everybody's got hobbies or stuff they like. What do you like in terms of hobbies? Like, I see you're always going to the gym. I mean, not during COVID now that it's closed, but previously to the closure. I actually always- start
1: out now. I have to start working out. Working out is like a form of therapy for me. I'm, I'm up, up, up at my cottage working. You know, you can't really see your friends right now during COVID. So, for me, um, my therapy is working out all the time, going to the gym or at home gym I love seeing my friends when I can. I love playing soccer. Um, haven't been able to play for two years because of COVID. So yeah. I don't know if I know how to touch a ball anymore. But I played um, soccer at York University for five years. So we just do like a women's league in the summertime now. And um, yeah, I love my family and friends. I'm always with them. Doesn't matter what we're doing. Very adventurous. I love the cottage, wakeboarding, swimming. Boating, sea doing, anything outdoors, traveling, yeah. Where have you traveled? Um, I've been to Hawaii, Spain, Italy, Greece, um, a lot of places for soccer actually. Um, I went to Iceland recently, and then I went to Africa to um, do a like volunteer project for a month by myself. That was really eye opening, so that was fun.
0: Nice. What was your favorite spot?
1: I would say Iceland because it was just so um, very last minute and we just rented a car and we had no kind of direction. You just, there's this one road you take and wherever it takes you, you just go. And it was me and my girl and my, one of my best friends. And we, yeah, it was a blast. It was very spontaneous and it was a good time. You have to go. Have you been?
0: I've never been, oh. I, It's but it'll be on my list now. <laughs>
1: you have to go. And the Northern Lights are to die for.
0: Oh, I've seen pictures and video of that. I had a friend who went there.
1: Yeah, it's so nice. Oh, beautiful.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, we're getting close to the 60 minutes. I don't want to take up too much of your time.
1: That's okay. So
0: is there any last uh, tips or advice or suggestions to the listeners?
1: Yeah, I would say um, first, if you're interested in ever volunteering, especially this uh, summer, we're going to come up with a summer campaign. We have a Facebook page you can visit. It's called uh, we'll just type in giving back Canada on um, Facebook. And then we have our Instagram, which is where most of the content is. And our handle is just giving back Canada. And uh, we have a website, www.givingbackcanada.net. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of upcoming um, stories and content coming for you. So if anybody's interested, just take a look for the next couple months. And if anybody is interested in starting ever an organization, I would just say don't be afraid. If you have so many questions, if you're doubtful, just do it because I'm like a walking example of just winging something and it becoming more than whatever expected. And um, there's so many people that say they wish they could do this and wish they could do that, even myself and look where it's it's got me so that's what i would say
0: fantastic i want to thank you for being on the podcast
1: thank you for having me john
0: oh it was very fun and i'm sure we're going to do this again in the future
1: i hope so i hope so maybe i'll be the one interviewing you
0: (laughs) that could be interesting (laughs) awesome awesome thanks again
1: thank you for having me